Hello. I have consent. Uh, yes. With rolling eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We had uh, our very first episode of this podcast ever. What did we spend like 60% of the podcast talking about? The cats. The cats. I refuse to have this be the episode, season two, episode one, where we talk zero about cats. I do think it would be very funny since we don't have a trigger warning this time. <laughs> to this, be very seriously, we have something to apologize for. This is it. We are apologizing. Sorry. Friend, friends, our cats are still alive and beautiful and a, a wonderful part of our lives. Um, we just didn't spend any time talking about them this time. We're very sorry. We did actually talk about them when we weren't recording, though. A lot. A lot. <laughs> so you just weren't there for that part. So um, sorry about that, friends. Yes, but they are here. They're queer. Get used to it. <laughs> They're beautiful. Well, and the, the only thing that made me think about it was that while we were recording, your shoes were in our hallway, and Bear made it a point to kind of take ownership of your shoes. <laughs> he rolled himself all over your shoes, and I had to send you the video afterwards. The shot of him just sticking his entire face into the shoe. <laughs> so funny. That cat uh -huh. has a bit of a foot fetish. <laughs> Sorry well, about that. Like, like the people, so it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, our, our animals are great. And um, if you feel so inclined, you can actually follow my cat, who has more than a, more than more of a social media presence than I do, at on Instagram at more than prince of cats with periods between each word. There you go. Super easy to find. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kit. Thanks, Dave. Let's get on with episode two or episode Sounds one, season good. two. Episode episode one, season two. Yes. Now there's cats in it, sort of. Sort of. All right. In three, two, one. There's the music. <laughs> Hello, Kit. Hi, Dave. How are you? I am doing great. How are you? I'm wonderful. Excellent. It's been no time at all. No, none. None. Ten months? I don't know her. Welcome to season two, <laughs> episode one of Two Pans in a Pod. My name is Dave. I use they, them pronouns. My name is Kit. I use they, he pronouns super interchangeably. I do not care which set you use. <laughs> I have to say, we got together last week for coffee. We did. And it was the first time I think we'd actually sat down for more than two seconds to talk since our last episode. It was. And you were looking today, and it has been, this is like an anniversary of sorts. How long has it been since our last episode dropped? It is. So today for us, and it probably won't be today for the listeners, but for us, it's been exactly 10 months since our last episode dropped. We are recording this on January 3rd, by the way. Yes. 2023. Welcome to the new year. Oh, wow. <laughs> Where's my last one birthday go? today? It sure is. Yeah. 83 and it's still dead. Bless. Yeah. It's funny how they do that. <laughs> um, I can't believe it's been 10 months. No, it doesn't feel like that long, but it also somehow feels longer yes. as well. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, when I, I was like, I should check because it feels like it's almost been a year, but it can't have been that long. So. <laughs> Real close. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, I think, March, right? It was March. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. And then we like we did kind of have a like failure to launch attempt at a recording mm-hmm. somewhere in like May, yeah. I think. And yeah. it just didn't the the episode kinda went to shit. Yeah. We talked about a person who we weren't supposed to be talking about. Yeah. <laughs> there was a whole lot of things. It was it gonna just... be a lot of editing. Yeah. And so that yeah. episode is just the ghost episode that never happened. Mm-hmm. And you'll never hear it. Never hear. I think it might be no, no, it's not deleted. I know where it is. <laughs> it's like it's like the lost footage from Cruisin' with Al Pacino. You'll That's never right. see You'll it. You'll get it uh, 30 years after my death. Perfect. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, don't not. hold your breath. <laughs> I'm going to have I'm going to have all of my devices self-destruct as soon as I pass. I don't know how I'm going to figure out how to do that. I mean, just hand them over to me and I'll take them out to a landfill. And, like, I just, it's not the porn that I'm embarrassed about. It's no. the hours and hours of Dr. Pimple Popper that I've been watching. Oh, I don't want God, the public to know so about satisfying that. Now. <laughs> like, blackheads are my weakness. It's my shame. Yeah, it's, uh, oh. it's so satisfying. <laughs> I feel like there's two kinds of people. There's people who don't watch those. Yeah. And like. Like violently don't watch Violently them. don't watch them. And then there's everybody yeah. else. Because when I've mentioned it to certain people. There's people like you who go, mm, yes, very satisfying. And then yeah. the rest of them are like, ah, you do what? No. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. If, so, if it's been in the oddly satisfying subreddit, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, I get I get stuck. Speaking of oddly satisfying, I get stuck watching all of the like product restoration videos. Yes. Like everything that's rusted to hell yes. and is shiny and new when they get done with it. Yeah. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. That's magic. It's witchcraft. That's. I think I was telling you last week about I found a YouTuber who um, d- does like wristwatch restoration. Oh, my God. And it's, it's like a middle-aged dude who's just quietly talking you through this wristwatch restoration. And he tells you about the history of the watch. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't give a shit about watches. I don't care. No. Like, I own cheap silly funky watches that i like but like i'm not a watch person i'm not a watch guy um and this dude is just so fascinating <laughs> it's really cool wow. stuff yeah i got into um in the last 10 months i've gotten into um tallow rendering tech tiktok okay like candles like, like... soap and, and candles okay yeah All right. there's a beautiful creator named miranda okay who gets tallow scraps like fat scraps from their butcher in ireland and they render it all down and they make soaps and everything and but i watch them render the tallow and i'm like oh i wonder how many impurities there are going to be on the bottom of the tallow cake oh i hope the broth is clear and not cloudy like i don't why do i care i don't know i don't it's satisfying it's so satisfying and plus miranda is a beautiful soul wonderful so miranda if you're listening to this all the way from ireland today i love you thank you for all your work on hi miranda (laughs) um i am not on miranda's username well hi miranda um yeah i'm not on tiktok at all i have deleted my tiktok uh, oh it's so sad i know it was you don't get to see me every day i know (laughs) but i get to now i get to see you once a week though hopefully (laughs) yes (laughs) let's not put too many eggs in our basket cart before the horse yeah we've got two neuro spicy people recording a podcast together so you know if you know you know um (laughs) so far we've talked about popping pimples and tallow rendering so you know uh, (laughs) this is going great (laughs) fabulous no one's regretting tuning in not a soul at all <laughs> um your nails My can nails. i just say your nails fucking look amazing thank you so much <sighs> um so for our I'm listeners so who can't see my nails uh as like clack them do the oh my god 
so satisfying. I'm like a little crab. Um, so pre my egg cracking pre pre realizing um that the source of all of my unhappiness was actually gender dysphoria um i always had really long beautiful nails and i took a lot of pride in painting my nails and shaping my nails and you know i had a gel set and like i did a lot of upkeep on my nails and then sort of through this transition i became afraid that having those long nails would would make people misgender me more and then a few weeks ago i went people are misgendering me anyway and i have boring nails fuck this uh and so i reached i reached out to a few trans folks i know who have had their nails done and i was like hey do you know like any queer trans or trans friendly nail artists locally and a few people recommended that i go see Kasha, who you can find on Instagram at moonchild.artistry. And uh, Kasha is a black queer uh, gel nail artist who specializes in like maximalist nails. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all kind of crazy. And these are, they're uh, sharp almond shape with um, foils. We did foils on them. And they are shimmery as Fuck, they're gorgeous oh and um, incredibly impractical. And so, <laughs> and that's the thing. When they're my own nails, I can still do what I need to do because I can feel them. Mm-hmm. You know, I can still, like, they interact with my nerve endings still. Sure. These, I can't feel as well. So, I've had a septum ring stuck in my nose for, like, a week now because I can't get it out. And it's a little too tight. Um, and so I'm currently in the process of like compression stretching my septum because I can't get this ring out. Um, and it's fine. You know, we're going through the saltwater rinses and stuff because normally I don't leave this ring in for more than three days. Wow. Um, so and it's fine. Chase, like, get your stuff together and well, get your fingers up Kit's nose. So my partner did offer. <laughs> OK. And I said, you know, I don't know if we can do this without you hurting me. Uh, yeah. Um, right. Because they don't know when they're tugging and when they're not. Exactly. And yeah. so kind of at this point, it's like so tender that I'm just going to let it do its thing. And then I'll probably just go up to a size 14 anyway, because um, I have a 16 in my nose right now. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> Kasha. <laughs> <laughs> careful with those nails. Um, that's, the, that's what we're saying. Yeah, Kasha did tell me, be careful not to poke yourself in the butthole. Yes. Um, and I was like, thanks, girl. Wouldn't have thought of that. Uh-huh. Um, but she was wonderful. She was lovely to hold hands with for a couple hours. Very welcoming and super gender affirming. It was, it was a very affirming experience for me. It was very like... There wasn't any question of like, yes, dudes can have beautiful nails and that's okay. And like, that's, that was really cool for me to not have any kind of pushback or question or anything like that. So highly recommend the experience. If you're looking for nails, go check out Kasha. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look so good. I'm so jealous. Thank I have you. plain boring nails right now just because money. Yeah. Fuck. It is expensive. Kasha yeah. did mention that she had met you at um, the Somewhere Green oh. market. <gasps> yeah, we got to talking Perfect. about you. And she she was like, yeah, I give them my card. And like, yeah, so, so highly recommend. So I was recommend. saying to you that I needed to go back to Somewhere That's Green because mm-hmm. I had lost the card of the person who gave it to me. Kasha. Kasha. At Moonchild.artistry. Oh my God, I'm so glad it's the same person. Yes. that is That makes me so happy because when I met them, I was like, I want them to do my nails because mm-hmm. their nails were amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and their sister, I think, works at somewhere that's green. 
Mm, okay. Nope. Yeah. I don't think we talked yeah. about that. But. Yeah. So that's how I got to meet them. Yeah. Kasha's great. <laughs> Highly recommend. She's Yay, awesome. I'm so happy. Um, she's got also like really cool tattoos with that are fun to look at while she's holding your hand. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, I, I remember her very, very vividly. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much. I'm glad yes. you have their contact information. How because, serendipitous. Too. <gasps> I know. Yes. That's amazing. Love it. Uh, speaking of gender affirming. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm missing something. Yes. The, and the viewers can't tell. No, the viewers can't tell. Although our viewers that follow you on TikTok. Yes, they've I'm seen. Sure have seen it by now. Yeah. Yes. So you sent me a selfie uh-huh. last week after I sent you my nails mm-hmm. and you are beardless none nothing none Shaved. no mustache no beard no nothing and you look so cute <laughs> thank you you look so cute i am very happy i was ready to go with that last august mm-hmm. it was i mean a in the middle of summer Ugh. with that freaking long imagine. beard uh and b i was just i was wearing all of my gorgeous little frilly sundresses and it was just summer fun time and i just that beard was just dragging me down yeah it was causing like every time i'd walk past the mirror I'd just get this sense of gender dysphoria. Like, mm-hmm. there it is. Mm-hmm. There's the big tell-all mm. on my face. Mm-hmm. It's cute. It's a cute beard. Yeah. Curly mustache and everything. Not everybody can do that, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, the moment I found out that my final Santa gig was not going to happen this year, mm. it was supposed to be like two days after Christmas, mm-hmm. and it was with a friend. So mm-hmm. I was going to keep the beard for a couple more days, maybe till the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And they called me up and said, hey, turns out we're not going to need you, but thank you very much. And I was like an hour later in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that you and I had talked about you were a little worried about um, because you have a, a large number of autistic followers mm-hmm. and expectation management is really important right. for those of us who are neurospicy. Mm-hmm. And so you had expressed some concern about, you know, you said you were going to shave it on this day and then ended up shaving it earlier. Mm. How did that go? You know, fine. It, okay. it really went fine. A lot of people still very surprised to mm-hmm. see me without a beard. And I love that. It's yeah. like, um, you should be. It's like, there's it a, is surprising. a drastic change in my appearance. I've known you for I don't even know how long and it's yeah. still surprising. And I've seen you clean twenty sixteen pride. And it's yeah, it's, That was the first time we actually like <laughs> met each other formally and got to talk to each right. other. Right. And it's still surprising. Yeah. Like I know you, I know your face, and it's still like mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm okay with those responses, those mm-hmm. reactions, like, oh my gosh, I like I didn't even recognize you or whatever. Right. The ones that I don't like are I wish your beard was I like I miss your beard. Mm-hmm. I liked you I liked you better with a beard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to understand what my um, female friends felt like when they shaved the, or cut their hair short for the first time and people would go, "Oh, I like you better with long hair." Yeah. And it's like mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I get real feisty when that happens. That's Brian David Gilbert had some really interesting things to say about that. I think it was after, also after shaving facial hair, but it may have been in relation to a haircut. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure. But um, a lot of talk about parasocial relationships Mm -hmm. and how inappropriate it is to tell people you look better this way. Mm, You look better that way. I prefer you like this. Like (gasps) these are parasocial relationships you don't like first off don't say that anyway to anyone that's just like just, it's, that's rude <laughs> that's super rude but especially if you're in that parasocial relationship with someone like you, you got to be careful with the way you're interacting with folks mm-hmm. that you know through the sort of internet sphere um 
that's something I think about a lot. Because, like, yeah, you can have all the private feelings in the world that you want about it. But, like, sometimes it's better to just keep that to yourself. So can I talk to you about, on that note, Mm -hmm. while we're here, just the two of us and nobody else is in the room and listening at all, just thousands of people in the world. Um, I would love to talk to you about something that has changed with you that is very obvious on a podcast. Mm -hmm. Can I talk about your voice for a minute? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, When we talked last, you had started microdosing tea Mm -hmm. um, and that has changed. Sort of. So I started tea in August of two years ago. So August 2021. August 2022 was one year on tea. And initially I was taking a very, very small dose. And the dose was <laughs> the dose was actually so small that the pharmacist was like, I don't even know if this is gonna work. <laughs> and my doctor was like, No, it's fine, we've done this before. Um but it it was so small. And then kind of as I was navigating some changes and figuring out where I fall sort of on or between or outside of the binary and started um, going through all these body changes, I realized that like everything I was experiencing was positive change Mm -hmm. because that was the biggest thing I was scared about was like, what if changes happen and I don't like them? That has not been the case even remotely for this whole thing. Like it's been nothing but positive for me. Um, and so I doubled my dose, which is still a smaller sure. than standard dose, but I'm much happier with the rate at which changes are happening. Yeah. And so I did that probably, I'm not even sure, like seven or eight months into it. And uh, changes started speeding up. My voice started settling much more. Um, I've been having this really interesting thing where I used to be really involved in local theater and then uh, pandemic, but I've been getting like phone calls from people and messages from people going, hey, will you audition for this? Will you audition for that? And like, first of all, I'm not playing women anymore. I'm not playing female roles anymore. I'm very um, uncomfortable with that. And so I'm only playing male or non-binary roles. But secondly, I'm also not a soprano anymore. (laughs) (laughs) No. Obviously, I mean, I'm like low tenor trending down into baritone range at yeah. this point. Like yeah, you it's, really are. It, You're a second tenor. Yeah, uh, we're, we're getting down there. <laughs> so like these um, directors that I've worked with in the past who haven't been aware because I'm not on Facebook um, and also pandemic, <laughs> you know, it's been an interesting <laughs> thing to navigate. Yeah. So. So now my question is, how do you feel when people approach you about your voice? If they're like, oh my gosh, your voice sounds so different. And they're so excited and happy and elated yeah. for you. Is that, that's, that's been fine. Yeah. yeah. And I haven't had any, um, like I haven't had any negative responses to it probably because I, <laughs> I'm very careful you about. You cultivate a very good community of people. I do. And I'm also careful about not having parasocial relationships um i don't i don't have a tiktok i don't have i'm not in a sphere where people regularly see me or cultivate that kind of relationship with me Mm -hmm. and so i would think that may be the only place where i would receive negative feedback um (laughs) but so far it's just people get really excited about it um you sound great thank you (laughs) i'm very happy with my voice and the singing like falling in love with singing again has been a really emotional time for me like falling in love with playing guitar and singing Mm -hmm. and music um because i've always been a singer but 
there was a long period of time where I was really unhappy with my voice because I couldn't sing the songs I wanted to sing. I couldn't sing, you know, the parts I wanted to sing. And so that has been really revealing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting to me, at least on my gender journey, and I've noticed it with others, the things that we all thought we were comfortable in our skin with at the beginning of our journey as we begin to make other progressions and we begin to find euphorias in other things, then we begin to desire maybe a little bit more euphoria in parts where we thought, like my beard. Mm-hmm. Um, my dear friend on TikTok, Mercury Stardust. Mercury. She has been transitioning she's and looks so, so cool. amazing. She, like, <laughs> she swore she'd never color her hair, and now she's got bright mm-hmm. green hair, and it makes her feel really good. She recently got on and started talking about her voice mm. because she's always been, you know, like talking to people about how she's comfortable with her voice. Mm-hmm. But now it's begun to be a source of dysphoria for her. Mm -hmm. And she's going to work on that. Wow. She's going to get some work done on her voice. Good for her. Yeah. That's awesome. And I just think, you know, it's like, it's okay. Yeah. And I want to say this to anybody who's listening right now. If you're trans, non-binary, or just queer, or just straight and questioning some things, Mm -hmm. it's okay to change your mind. Mm Mm-hmm. It is okay to say, you know what, I thought I was this, Mm -hmm. or I thought I liked this, Mm -hmm. but it turns out I might like this. It is, and I just, it's like, it's so important for me to say, you don't need to be stuck Mm -hmm. in the place that you chose your gender journey a year ago, a month ago. You don't have to stay there. And like, just because something was true for you at one time, right? you know, it may not be now. People are always growing and changing. And that's true throughout our lives. I think there's this misconception that we somehow stop growing at some point in our 30s. Um, and that's just not <laughs> Right. You become true. an adult. You've got a fully formed frontal cortex right. now. Stay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just, that's not accurate at all. Um, and we are always growing and changing and leaning into that discomfort, identifying those things that are making you uncomfortable and leaning into that discomfort is the best way to actualize change for yourself. And that was what finally got me started on tea. And then that was what made me double my dose and go, you know, this, this smaller dose isn't working for me. Let's try this. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's such a journey. It's constantly changing. I recently changed my pronoun set, you know, I'm also using he, him now. So it's, always evolving and that wasn't true for me four years ago yeah you know i was a they them four years ago and that worked really well for me and then kind of as this journey has evolved that's not really working for me anymore so it's just a constant like push and pull and i think for me a fear has always been that the people in my life who don't get it um you know the straight cisgender folks in my life who just don't get the the transness of it all. The journey. Yeah, I was always worried that there would be like a level of disrespect or a level of, you know, well, what about isms? And that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They'll come with me or they won't. You yeah, know? exactly. You can't, you can't <laughs> drag their hand and make them come on this journey with you. No, like they'll follow me or they won't. Yeah. Um, most of them have. Yeah, and so. that's just the wonderful thing is it, in your community, you kind of discover like who can you rely on? Mm-hmm. And then those become a more tight part of your community. Yeah. And the other people get to see you like once a month or once every six months at an event. Yeah. And you you give them a hug and bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> bye-bye. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the ones that... 
the ones who are seamless about their uh, about your journey with you mm-hmm. you know they just they, they don't even blink mm-hmm. um, I had a moment um, my mother is 76 years old mm-hmm. we were in um, a family chat we have a little family chat on Snapchat where we all talked my mom and my sisters and I and my mom had been on my live stream where I was shaving my beard. Mm. She, I, I noticed that her little icon was showing. So she was watching as I shaved my beard. <laughs> so she posted a screen cap of my clean face on our family chat. And she, was, she said, I was watching as they shaved it all off. Mm. And it was so seamless. Like, I kind of always wondered about my mom. Would my mom at 76 years old catch on to my pronouns Mm -hmm. and use them Mm -hmm. and and even one of my sisters was like mom still like struggles a bit when they're talking to me about Mm -hmm. you but she's really trying and i thought Mm -hmm. but just to see that come across in the family chat i didn't i didn't even say anything about it but i did screen cap it and send it to my little baby sister i'm like oh my god that's so cute mom just used my pronouns in a family chat so seamlessly and it was amazing i love that yeah i love that those are the people who come on your journey with you yeah and let that be a message as well i think it's um it's hard for us to stop excusing behavior of people from certain generations Mm, because it's so hard for them and no (laughs) stop it stop it my i think about the same age 76 year old great aunt yeah um like seven years ago sat me down and asked me to explain the gender binary because her granddaughter was involved in the it's not called the gsa anymore but whatever it's called at school was involved in this um queer club at school and and you know bailey gets a little frustrated with me sometimes and so it was this like can you explain this to me so that i don't have to keep asking my granddaughter to clarify so we went through this whole thing and like if if you know if my great aunt can be curious and open and if dave's 76 year old mom right Utah mom Uh can be curious and open like stop making excuses for folks just because they're from a different generation absolutely it it doesn't like the mind is still malleable the mind is still flexible like people should be able to come on this journey if they see what's important to you if they care about what's important to you um and being from a different generation is no excuse yeah do you know what i found really helps is just rehearsing Mm-hmm. We we are performers in real life, mm-hmm. and when we go out into the real world, we are performing for people. Mm-hmm. So we need to rehearse in private, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I discovered the pronoun dressing room. Yeah, months ago, mm-hmm. year ago now. Yeah, um, which is a lovely place, and I will put a link again in the show notes if we ever get them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, the pronoun dressing room is a lovely website. Uh, I think it's run by Slacker, somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you go in there, fill out a quick little form with your person's name and all their pronouns. And if you don't know how to conjugate a pronoun with all the different forms mm-hmm. of it, they help you. There, You can just select from a list mm-hmm. and it'll autofill the form for you. You put the person's name in, hit the submit button, and that site will give you a ton of text with that person's name and pronouns. And I encourage people to go to that and read them out loud don't read them in your head don't read them to yourself mm-hmm. read them out loud with your muscles in your mouth and your throat mm-hmm. because it is if you are 
excusing yourself because it's so hard. What that is, it's just muscle memory. Mm-hmm. And you need to retrain the jaw muscles and the, the tongue muscles and everything to say the words out loud. Mm-hmm. Go there. Pronoun dressing room. Yeah. You have no more excuses. No. And <laughs> listen to us when we say this, because we, we make mistakes as oh, well. God. We mess up. Um, I haven't done it in a long time, but there was a period of time where I misgendered myself like three times in a month and I had to have a chat with my partner. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before about like he would correct me and I would say, no, yes. no, I heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I've had that with, with my roomies too. Like mm-hmm. they'll notice when I do it and they stopped correcting me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I promise we heard it. Yeah. We're also uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly just threw up a little bit in my mouth. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. But like it, we do it. Um, we, you know, we misgender each other. Sometimes we need to practice as well. It's not, it doesn't just magically become easier for us because we're queer or trans, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so we, we know exactly how hard it can be. And we also know that there's no excuse. We've been indoctrinated into the binary just as hard as you have. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Like we had, we had the same upbringings. We had the same kind of childhoods, like same books. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of books. Yes. I see you have a couple of books. Oh, uh, nice segue. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Lovely. I like that. Thank you. I'm getting better. <laughs> um, can you all see these two books I'm holding up to the microphone? <laughs> What's wrong with you people? Come on. Um, I have these two beautiful books. They're kids books written by a lovely person named Scott Stewart. Scott has a son. And I believe um, son is still their label and he, him pronouns. But there's, Scott's son liked to wear dresses and frilly things and, and beautiful, spinny, f- colory, unicorny, all the things. And got teased mercilessly, mm. as little kids will do, mm-hmm. because of gender binary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Scott wrote a lovely book. Scott's a beautiful illustrator and has a... a a notion, uh, notion for words, but it's all about a lovely boy, um, and he notices that dad's shadow is blue and mom's shadow is pink, mm. um, and dad's shadow does all these manly things, but his isn't blue. His shadow is also pink. It's a lovely, lovely shade of pink. Yes, and it does all these things that are not for boys. Mm. It likes to spin and sparkle and twirl. I also and Dad see thinks it's just a phase. The shadow is is wearing a tutu, um, right? In a the lot of the more a... joyous expressions, it yes. has a little tutu on. The shadow's got a little beautiful tutu on. Mm. Um, Dad's, you know, concerned, mm-hmm. but hasn't really voiced anything except for that maybe it's just a phase and you'll get through it. Mm. Uh, but then the day comes where it's time to dress up. To go to school and he shows up at school with his beautiful dress on and everybody stares because everybody else has blue shadows mm-hmm. and him and his shadow show up wearing their dresses and all pink and everything and it's uncomfortable and he leaves and he cries and then who walks in but dad and his blue shadow and they're wearing dresses oh and i'm going to cry and Dad's like, I don't understand it, but you need to be who you are, and you need to be proud of who you are. And there are all these people who do little wonderful things in your family, and some of their shadows are blue, and some some of their shadows are pink, and it's quite all right. Hmm. I love this phrase here. This is me. Mm-hmm. 
you need to just be proud to be able to say this is who i am this is me so dad takes him back to school and he's very proud of who he is and he makes lots of friends with people whose shadows are different colors as well that's very sweet yeah and that book came out and people were like scott we love your book but some of us don't really fit into the pink or or blue spectrum Mm -hmm. that's just what are we still talking about Mm-hmm. Pink and blue. Mm-hmm. One and two. So, Scott released another book called My Shadow is Purple. Hey, look, money. <laughs> wow. In case we ever wondered where Dave keeps their singles. <laughs> I wonder um, where that went. They're in children's books. Yeah. I've been working <laughs> at the pole. Act the pole. At the pole. At the pole. This is this is Santa tip money. Mm, yum. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. All right, and my my shadow is purple book. But anyway, Scott came out with this beautiful book, uh, My Shadow is Purple. And again, this beautiful person. We don't even discuss this person's gender. And if you look, they're fairly genderless on the cover. Mm-hmm. But that shadow is very purple. Talks about how mom's shadow's blue and dad's shadow's pink, and they do all the things that pink and blue shadows are supposed to do. But mine's mixed up because sometimes it likes to do these things, and sometimes it likes to do these things. And I dance with the pinks, and I play sports with the blues, and mm-hmm. uh, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And then thinking that they're the only person, it's time for a school dance. Mm. And at the school dance, all the pinks line up on one side and all the blues line up on the other side. And there they are standing all alone in their purple. Mm -hmm. And they're scared. And the the blues are saying, you should come over here with us because you're a blue. And the pinks are saying, come over here with us because you're a pink. And the teacher's like, what are you going to do? And they're worried. And somebody runs up to them whose shadow is yellow. Hey. Hey. And this other person is like, hey, my shadow's brown. (laughs) And my shadow's red. Mine is silver. And mine's green. And mine is violet. And mine's aquamarine and orange and all these things. And we all just get out on the dance floor and dance together. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Scott's a beautiful, uh, beautiful person. Um, These are really great books for your kiddos if they are going through a gender journey. Um, And even if they're not. Yeah. Even if they're not. If you want to raise a kiddo who is loving and accepting of all peoples, Mm -hmm. these are great stories to tell them. Mm -hmm. um, Because it explains it in such a simple way. Um, One of the things that I've been really frustrated about in the news lately is all the um the grief that drag story time is getting and i know we're all very frustrated Uh. with and we all know the the words but if you read these books there's not one thing sexual about them Mm -mm. this is how we teach kids this is how we've always taught kids with metaphors Mm -hmm. and with beautiful colors and simple stories that Mm -hmm. tell a story from the heart Mm -hmm. that's how we teach it's not about indoctrination. It's not about um, anything but just enlightenment mm-hmm. for grown-ups and kids alike, mm-hmm. opening up their minds to greater possibilities. Yeah. And, and honestly, part of my reason for shaving the beard is because Dave wants to get back into drag. Yes. And we might be developing a drag Christmas character for next year. Uh, We're not sure how yes. they're going to present. Yes. I'm so excited to see whatever that ends up. Yes, me too. Like. I don't know what it is. Um, 
But these kind of books are the exact kind of books that I would read to kiddos mm-hmm. um, at a drag story time. Yeah. They're important. Yeah. And they're they're beautiful. And they make they don't make anyone feel excluded. They only make more inclusion happen. Exactly. Yeah. And that that explanation of inclusion and differences is so important for young kids. I just recently encountered a children's storybook and I can't remember who the author is or what the title of the book is, so I apologize, but it's from the perspective of a child with autism. Mm. And the kid is exp- the kiddo is explaining I have this friend. They're explaining their relationship with their best friend who is not autistic. And so they say things like, you know, my friend says that they'll come over at three. And sometimes that means they get here at 3.05. And that's okay because their brain doesn't work the same way mine does. I have seen this. Where (laughs) did I see this? Oh, my gosh. Yes, you're right. This is like, like I will accept them even though they're not as precise as I am. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) They're they're discussing it from the... That like excusing neurotypical behavior. Exactly. Like, gosh, exactly. I, My I friend mixes the their food together, and I don't. But that's okay because our brains just don't work the same way. Yeah. Um, and that's such an important perspective for yeah. kiddos to get, both for autistic kiddos to have that representation, and for uh, allistic kiddos to see that perspective told. Mm-hmm. Um, because kiddos are so malleable and they're so flexible. And they reflect what they're being taught at home. Yeah. You know? And so I I think about being like mercilessly bullied in elementary and middle school. Yeah. You know, the first time I heard the word dyke was in third grade. God, you just gave me like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like now that I'm the big thirty, you know, I look back at that at that kid and I think about like what was he hearing at home? that made him bring that language to school. Like how sad that a third grader not only knows that word, but knows that it's a bad word and weaponizes it to hurt another child. Mm -hmm. What does home look like for that kid? Yeah. Uh, and I think about that. I'm thinking about that a lot. I'm in uh, I'm in weekly therapy right now, and we're addressing. We like, love that. We love that. Right? <laughs> yes. Applause, applause for therapy. Um, we're if if you're on the fence about getting therapy, this is your sign. Go do it. <laughs> but um, right now we're working through like a lot of that childhood trauma because I was relentlessly bullied for years, and I had always kind of written it off. Everyone gets bullied, whatever. I hadn't realized how traumatizing that really was for me Mm -hmm. and none of my therapists up until this one that i'm seeing right now i've been through three they caught that and were able to break it open wow and i went oh shit (laughs) um actually i do have a ton of trauma from that yeah and so we're like working through that and i am doing a lot of thinking about these kids that were so awful to me and some of them i know what their home life was like and it wasn't nice yeah some of them i don't know what their home life was like but i can hazard a guess yeah and yeah it's just it's so sad to see little children acting not just without empathy but actively with cruelty yeah i have little people in my life mm-hmm. um, you sure do nib- niblets yeah. and grandkiddos uh, and 
a couple of those have already spoken about their journey that they're beginning, mm-hmm. either gender or whatever, presentation. <clears throat> and I look at their parents, my sisters, my daughters, and they're beautiful people who have broken cycles that have continued in our family for generations. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like the toxicity, not only just the, the gender toxicity, the the religious upbringing toxicity mm-hmm. the homophobia that we all experienced because dad was a closeted gay person you know and it's right. like if you know anything about closeted gay people they are the most homophobic transphobic people in the world because mm-hmm. you know projection much yeah well why are these people happy and i'm so miserable right why do i hate myself so much <laughs> while these people are out there living their best life it must be them them they're so, wrong. <laughs> I'm so proud of my my sisters and my daughters for um, breaking those cycles open. Yeah, and and allowing those little people to try things out. I mean, that's all we need to do. We don't know where they're going to land, mm-hmm. uh, but we just need them to be able to stretch their legs and run a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's. There's been a lot of conversation lately about Demi Lovato, mm. who has been using they them and identifying as non-binary for quite a while and then recently has said you know actually i'm using she her now yeah and has kind of circled back to that um and there's been a lot of conversation i think mostly from non-queer people um being like oh how awful mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm like no 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 that's what no. this is for yeah. <laughs> like so that we can grow and learn and experiment and run and play and do these things and Demi has come to a point in her life where that's no longer her truth. And yeah. it was for a long time. And how brave right. to be able to say, actually, this isn't working for me anymore. Right. I have one little person who experimented with pronouns and a new name for a while. And mm-hmm. they've gone back to their old pronouns and their old name. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. It was like, I wish you could explore all of that mm-hmm. and decide what is right for you. Because it's kind of like a good piece of clothing. You don't know if it's going to look good on you until you try it on. Right. You, you can't window look, shop gender. Look at, look at it in the mirror a couple ways. Yeah. Get three mirrors and look at each angle. And Yeah. I think for me, that's one of the things that's been so hard about transitioning in adulthood. Yeah. Is that... The expectation you have to choose something and stick with it. Right. And having that flexibility to have a little play with it and to experiment with things. And, you know, I have all these responsibilities and I have, you know, I have all these other adults in my life that I need to be accountable to. Ugh, please. I know. And that has complicated my journey, I think, needlessly, because I've spent a lot of time worrying about what if I change my mind? What if this? What if that? Um... I haven't. Uh, And I think for me, the evolution has all been in sort of ish one direction. Um, But allowing that flexibility to try things out, especially as adults, allowing ourselves to have that flexibility to try new expressions, to try new ways of being, and then to go, eh, maybe not. Or maybe that was me for these years, and now I'm back in this other space. Uh, it's wonderful. Yeah. So, dear listeners, I have to tell you, um, as we were discussing um, before the, the recording, um, making a few notes and writing down our current social medias and pronouns and things like that, mm-hmm. Kit has changed his pronouns. Mm-hmm. Um, and he asked me, you know, 
are we still using they them and the thought has occurred to switch that up but it's I'm, i don't know if i'm there yet mm-hmm. but yeah absolutely and and you may hear davy come on someday and go these are my new pronouns, mm-hmm. but not today. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with like knowing that if I do that, that's my choice. Like yes, I, I, I can just do that. Yes, and you remember early on, um, and the listeners will have heard this as well. There was at least one episode where I was kind of playing with he/him pronouns, uh-huh. and you sprinkled a few in, and I went, mm, "That's not quite right for me." Yeah, and it took another like I don't know six months or something for me to be like, "Nope, yep." <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> the train has arrived at the station. Uh-huh. Here we are. Um, yeah, and it's just that constant evolution and allowing yourself to recognize that we have that flexibility. We had discussed, I think, when we first started the podcast, I was still using he, they pronouns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the podcast, we actually discussed the fact that I had been doing a lot of that to keep other people comfortable. Yep. Because they was causing all kinds of euphoria for me. Mm-hmm. And I was just allowing people to continue with the other because I didn't want them to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. please, please don't allow other people to determine your journey for you. No. And I had done that as well early in my journey. And um, I was closeted for a long time after realizing sort of what was going on with me because I worked in emergency medical services yeah, and I worked at a fire department and I was not at a place in my professional journey where I felt like I could comfortably navigate that in my professional life. Um, And that a lot of the catering I was doing (laughs) was for other people. Right. It's not... Yeah. yeah, that does that does you and your soul no good. No, to cater to other people. No, and then it's like, why am I so miserable all the time? <laughs> why am I so unhappy? It must uh, be depression. Let's up my meds. Let's just change the dosage. Yeah. Now, um, let's take a little break. I want to talk about what we're currently doing when we come back. Yes. All right, I have fresh coffee. We can keep going. Dope. I also have uh, already a corrections corner to address. We done done fucked up already. Done done fucked up. Um, No, I blame the news outlets, and here's why. So (laughs) I always blame the news outlets. (laughs) So Demi Lovato (laughs) is using she/her pronouns, and is still also using they/them pronouns. Oh, good, good, good. And lots of news outlets took that and ran with it because she gave an interview and said, you know, I've been feeling more feminine lately. I have been using she her pronouns and all the news outlets were like fake queer because they love to catch us yeah well it's it's their job to label us god bless (laughs) yeah so um so demi is also using they them pronouns still sorry demi if you're a avid listener of the show call me please (laughs) please call kit (laughs) i would just like to be like Three feet away from somebody who knows Demi Lovato. <laughs> that would be. Um, I would actually die. I was. <laughs> I was telling Dave that uh, a like high-profile local artist followed me on Instagram this morning, and I just about had a heart attack. I was like, "Please unfollow me. <laughs> don't per- don't perceive me. Why do you know who I am? Like, well, I, I, think, <laughs> I think I told you Hank Green recently started following me on TikTok, <laughs> and I'm like so freaked out about it. Hi, Hank. I love you. Hi, Hank. I might make out with you and your brother if you'd allow it. <laughs> That's um, so inappropriate. Wow. No. <laughs> um, Dave's been single for way too long. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. This is the part where we start, like, sexualizing <laughs> nerdy celebrities. 
oh, I have a list. And Don't they're lie. all like, I have a TikTok crush list. I could sexualize every single one of them. Yeah. We're not going to because no. they're my friends. Yes, because we're going to be respectful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we are respectful in this house. Yes. We do not do such things. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I do have like crushes on like half of my mutuals on tiktok i have crushes on all my friends yeah it's fine like i and it's my partner is demisexual and it's been really interesting to like talk to him about that's not really a thing for him like crushes in general Mm. aren't very common for him because he has to like build these really strong relationships with people before developing that crush and meanwhile i'm like Oh my god, a lady smiled at me this morning. <laughs> like, I, I have crushes on everyone. I think it's like a queer disability not to be able to know the difference between platonic friendship and, like, other friendship. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Um, I definitely... My, my first kiss with my partner, actually, I uh, went in for the kiss. And then he didn't complete the disc you know i oh, did no, like the hitch you lean in you. you lean in 90 percent. you let them come the rest of the way yeah, and yeah. he didn't for what felt like <laughs> 10 seconds he insists it wasn't that long he's like i was being i was being sexy about it and i'm like you gave me a heart i thought i misread the situation i was like oh my god i just ruined our friendship <laughs> like i had a two second heart attack Stop yeah it. um and now we've been together for six years so. that's lovely yeah, it'll be, it's our, our six-year anniversary is at the end of this month. Oh, man. Wow. I know. Oh, my gosh. See, that's about the time I met Chase. Yeah. Like, he and I were in Peter and the Starcatcher together, and he had just mm-hmm. done God's Me- God Meets Dog. Dog right? Sees God. D- something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever. Dog Sees God. Because I was in, that. I was in the, that as well. The, the, yeah, yeah. The sort of Charlie Brown with it's not officially sanctioned Charlie Brown. And that was that was a couple years before because he and I had met doing Dog Sees God. Yes. And then didn't really hit it off. It took us a couple years to like really become friends. And then um, I, I actually fled his house early once during a hangout session because I thought he was going to kiss me. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm not ready for this. And I like ran away. Um, so we like danced around each other for a few years. That's and then awesome. once we got together, one of our friends was like, God, finally. <laughs> like, she'd been waiting. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Okay. So what are you doing these days, Kat, other than just sitting here looking at me being adorable? I, thank you. Um, yeah. So like, basically my entire life has changed since our last Nuh-uh. podcast recording. <laughs> um, so I quit all of my jobs Whatever I was doing the last time we were recording, I'm not doing it anymore for a variety of reasons. And I am now a full-time tattoo artist. That's amazing. I think maybe we had discussed that you were going to begin tattoo school. Yeah, I know I had at least applied. I'm not sure if I'd heard back yet. I don't remember um, if we actually discussed that on the Missing podcast. I think we did for sure on yeah. the Missing podcast. But for our listeners who aren't located in Oregon, in the state of Oregon, to become a tattoo artist, you have to attend tattoo school first. It's part of our regulation for that. It's mm-hmm. not the way it works other places where you can just get an apprenticeship and go. Um, so the way it works here is you go to tattoo school and then you get an apprenticeship. Um, and so I finished school... Um, I think in July, all the months are running together at this point. And I'm, yeah, I'm employed full time. I'm tattooing full time. 
And so now tattooing and perfume are my gigs. That's what I do. I love it. That's I'm a full-time artist. And we have talked. We're going to get this one yes. finished. The one yeah, on my arm. Yeah, we're going to finish the microphone. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's been like the big, big, the big, big. The big, big. <laughs> that's the big, big. Like that's been a huge paradigm shift in my life and has been super awesome and amazingly stressful and really crazy and such a blessing. Um, and it's been a really interesting sort of identity shift for me Yeah. to like leave behind these things I've been doing for so long and embark on something completely new. Well, you've always been a talented artist. Thank you. Like you've brought in and shown me Mm -hmm. a lot of your art and it's gorgeous. So to just take that now and make it a part of someone's body decoration, I think is gorgeous. It's been really, it's, I'm still not over. And my, my old mentor at the school said, I'll never get over it where it's, it's so humbling for people to come to me and want my art on them forever. (laughs) Uh, And also to just trust me with sharp implements near them, which was something I was struck by when I was a paramedic too, like just the trust that people have in you when you're in that role. Yeah. Um, So that's been, it's been crazy humbling. Well, and we talked about this um, in past episodes, how important it is for queer, non-binary, trans people to have someone who knows what dysphoria and euphoria is all about before they start touching your body. You went through the same thing with a chest plate that you had tattooed Mm -hmm. and you were very adamant that you were not going to have anybody who was not queer touching your body. And I think that's really valid. Yeah. I felt really strongly about, because I have such a complicated relationship with my chest. I felt very strongly that I wanted to find a trans or non-binary and or non-binary artist to do my chest piece. Mm -hmm. I did not want uh, a cishet stranger touching my chest. Yeah. Um, And I didn't, like, before getting into the industry, I didn't have close relationships with tattoo artists. Like, it was, I hadn't, like, built up a relationship with a regular artist. Like, I like a lot of different tattoo styles, and so I've gone to a lot of different artists over the years. And so I didn't have someone that I was already comfortable with that I would be comfortable with touching my chest. so yeah, I found uh, my chess piece was done by Keisha, uh, Keisha Nicole at Monolith. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's their middle name. I hope that's their middle name. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Keisha was super awesome and is an incredibly talented artist. And I'm actually thinking about reaching out. Um, she uses she, they pronouns. And I'm thinking about reaching out to her to continue the piece up my chest and like sort of onto my throat and neck. Um, because now that I work in the industry, I can sure. look however the fuck I want. Yes, you can. Um, I'm actually having my knuckles tattooed uh, next week by my old mentor from the school. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, you look great, and I think you found something that'll really suit you until you find the next thing. <laughs> you, know, you know, we're neurospicy people. <laughs> this might be it. I like, love that. I have the same feeling tattooing. I wasn't going to put that on you, though. No, and I appreciate that. Um I have the same feeling doing this that I did when I was a paramedic. Yeah. And the only reason I left paramedicine was because I had a really terrible back injury and I can't do it anymore. Yeah. And so, and I've been looking for that feeling since then. And I've bounced around to all these different things like teaching corporate cannabis, all these other things and like perfume and it just kind of bouncing between all this stuff. And like now I never, <laughs> I never wake up thinking, how can I avoid going to work today? 
Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's an amazing feeling right there. Yeah. And like, I have so much freedom in my scheduling. I only work four days a week um, mm-hmm. because I've found that if I work more than that, I get migraines. And so I only work four days a week and that works great. And like, I can, I have so much freedom. And so that's been really unprecedented to have like all of the, you know, I'm my own boss. Yeah. So. That's amazing. Yeah. That is a good feeling. I've, um, I, I'm considering leaving the world of being my own boss because it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. And it's hard when you're neurospicy because you have to, you have to like ride your own ass. Oh, God. <laughs> to that's get just shit the thing. Done. Uh, I like to joke that my boss is an asshole and my only employee is a lazy motherfucker who I can't ever motivate. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Uh, but also it's just as like inflation and like, yeah. like doing freelance work is great, but I make up for it by driving Lyft and that used to be financially viable. It's yeah. not so much anymore. No. Can't do it. So yeah, I'm, I've been looking for a job to, yeah, as a podcast editor, funny enough. Oh, perfect. So yeah. for our listeners, if you or anyone you know is looking for a podcast ed- editor, Dave is extremely talented and has a lot of experience with that. You can reach out to me at imdavefelton.com. Hell yeah. <laughs> and like, I know with this podcast, it's kind of funny because it is stream of consciousness and it doesn't have a lot of editing. It is we not keep highly it conversational. produced for sure. But um, I know for a fact... <laughs> <laughs> that Dave has that skill set and is able to do that very well. So please. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Thank you, kids. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah um, and then other than that, I, I opened my fucking mouth last year. <laughs> so I found um, somebody online who was doing an amazing job um, in their community. They were doing uh, what they call the transition closet. And they had partnered with a local, I think, Unitarian Universalist church where they have an actual like walk-in location mm-hmm. where um, people can go get gender affirming clothing for free. And I thought, oh my gosh, the importance of that right there, just to be able to go into a place where you feel safe and comfortable trying on and, and looking at new clothing, new to you clothing, especially. Mm-hmm. If you're a queer person who is like experimenting with your presentation, I'm I'm a six foot, you know, two hundred and twenty five pound AMAB person walking into the women's department at Ross Dress for Less or Target scares the shit out of me, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, it does less these days. I, I I give less fucks about it these days. Mm-hmm. But um, especially at the beginning of my journey, um, and and then discovering clothes that I liked has been a long process too, because you have to wear them and try them on and things like that. And then go back to the store. And if things don't fit, you have to take them back and return them and look at the person in the face while you're returning a skirt with a beard on your face. And mm-hmm. it's like, Ew! yeah. Um, and I thought I, I really wanted something like that to exist in central Oregon, but we're sort of spread out here. Mm-hmm. We've got lots of smaller outlying communities that are outside of bend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just retail space here is freaking ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's just hard to come by, and and nobody's going to let you take up a corner of their store. Yeah. Um, but I just thought I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I'm going to open my mouth on social media and say this is what I want to do. Two days later, uh, I had somebody donating a huge twelve by eight enclosed trailer to the cause, and I was like, well, I guess we're going to make this mobile. <laughs> 
So I've landed on the traveling trans trailer Mm -hmm. because I love alliteration. Yes. (laughs) And trans is kind of that umbrella term that refers to all of us gender funky people. Mm -hmm. Um, And that way I can drag it around and do pop-ups in smaller locations. I can take it to places like Madras, Prineville, Mm -hmm. Lapine, Sisters. Yeah. Um, And those people don't have to come to Bend. Right. Um, I can do scheduled things through, uh, hopefully I'll get involved with Out Central Oregon and mm-hmm. kind of publicize through them as well. I've got to get my social media. There's a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> yeah. But I now have over 800 pounds of clothing mm-hmm. donated mm-hmm. Um, and $5,000, no, $3,000 cash donated already. Perfect. Um, we're looking for like 10. Yeah. Because uh, I'm going to buy me a box truck. Yes. I'm going to buy a used U-Haul or rider truck or whatever, and I'm going to build out dressing rooms there. Mm-hmm. So I, not only can I use the truck to move things around yes. and tow the trailer, uh, but also I can provide a safe space for people to go and try things on and look in the mirror and have the lights and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I'm so excited. That's going to be perfect. The response from the community has been just amazing. Good. Parents who brought in kiddos old clothes because their kiddos like no longer wearing this gender. Mm-hmm. They yeah. are now wearing a whole <laughs> new gender. Yeah. Um, adults who've just been like, you know what? I would have taken these to some other mm-hmm. place and I think this is a much more important thing for people to have um, my hope is to now start getting binders and things like that in binders the in the trans trailer yeah they <laughs> yeah. are very expensive yeah. and just to have a few basic ones for people to at least try on and see what size they need yeah because fitting is so important so I'm going to need people like you Kit mm-hmm. um, because my body type does not speak to those people right they don't want me helping them out <laughs> yeah um so i'm going to look for volunteers yeah. who are of all body types and all genders and and uh we're born with all sorts of different equipment to come in and help me absolutely so yeah i think that's an awesome awesome idea and it's going to be really important i think for especially those outlying communities mm-hmm. yeah so um if you go to gofundme i don't have the link here but we'll put it in the show notes that never exist um <laughs> Go If you go to GoFundMe and look up the Traveling Trans Trailer, you will find it. Please donate a few shekels to that, please, please, mm-hmm. please, because mm-hmm. we need the cash. Yes. I've got tons and tons of clothing right now. I've been mm-hmm. sorting through it, hanging it. It's gorgeous. Um, and I will need more eventually. But, but not right now. to get this thing off the ground, I need money. Yes. So... Um, I've got, oh, I had a grant writer reach out to me in one of my live streams. So now I've got their contact information. So they're going to help me with grant writing. Yeah. I found out I don't have to start my own 501c3 corporation. I can just attach myself to one that already exists. (laughs) So all good things. Perfect. Yes. The Traveling Trans Trailer. Uh, It has no social media yet. It has no website. We'll fix all that hopefully in the next month or so. Yes. Now that Christmas is over and I'm not quite so busy. Yes. So we'll get there. But in the meantime, get excited and throw some uh, some schmackles at the GoFundMe. Yeah, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, where, that was it. That I was stopped. The, I, had a, I had a momentary pause. I just did the <laughs> um and stopped and was like, I don't know where we're going to go next. Yeah, yeah. So that's the catch up. Um, our lives have changed. <laughs> my voice has changed. Uh, my face has changed. Dave's face has changed. Um, and yeah, we're back we 
hope. We hope. Uh, <laughs> We're going to consider this to be season two. Yes. We took yeah. a little break. That was yes. season one. Yep. Welcome to season two, episode yes. one. Yes. Here we go. And let this be your sign that if you need a break from something in your life, there's nothing wrong with taking a step back and letting something percolate for a little while. Yeah. That's more than okay. So if you need a break, if you need some space, if you need some air, this is your sign to go get that air. It is okay to go outside, touch dirt, breathe air. Mm -hmm. You can do so for 10 months if you want. Yes. I mean, you have to provide a way for you to live, but (laughs) you can do it for 10 months if you want. Right. Um, I have one more plug, which is that Pacific Northwest Perfume (gasps) is adding four more fragrances to our permanent collection. Uh, I'm sort of considering it like the spring-ish collection. They're sort of spring-oriented scents, and uh, I'm hoping to get those released maybe somewhere around February, March somewhere in that ballpark. I love that. Uh, And as always, you can find that at pacificnorthwestperfume.com. And we do have eight cents in our usual rotation as well. Yes. This is my co-host, Kit. They use they, he pronouns. You can find them at Kit's A Beautiful Day uh, on Instagram or at Pacific Northwest Perfume, all spelled out. Absolutely. And if you want to send me hate mail, you can send it to kidsabeautifulday at gmail.com. <laughs> this is my co-host Dave. You can find them at I am Dave Felton everywhere. Everywhere, yes. yes. Um, I am Dave Felton at gmail.com if you want to send me some love mail as well. Perfect. <laughs> Kit, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And we'll see you all next time. <laughs>